and that is true a lot of people who are extremely entrepreneurial in nature very up and about also start shy away from getting into product based business you may be passionate about a certain thing but you may not be perfect at bringing it up from all angles the startup student podcast the podcast for students who want to be their own boss with students and experts from across the world and i christine give you practical advice we are looking into tips all around starting and marketing your own business as well as productivity to better balance your student and business life turn your idea into reality i'm your host christine let's start this episode Hello, welcome back. I'm super excited because it's the second episode that I have with Sakshi and she's calling in from India and um, she's such an inspiring uh, and interesting person. So I'm, I'm very excited to have her on the podcast, like I think already said in the first episode. Um, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you, Christine, for having me again. Hi, guys. <laughs> so super nice in the last episode we already talked a bit more about you we talked about what is failure does failure exist is it good is it not good um all these things and um you already started telling us a bit more about um the business you started and the product you wanted to create and the challenges a bit about that um but today we want to go dig a bit deeper in general in um having a product-based business um because having a product-based business is very different to having a service-based business but i'm going to tell you a bit more about my service-based business maybe and then um we look into um the product-based business but can you remind people again uh what it was uh, that you were working on so uh, my product based business was an inventive multi purpose uh, product it was an invention for uh, new parents uh, basically when uh, people become parents uh, you know life suddenly transforms and changes and often gets overwhelming and uh, just because you want to the best and you want to give the best to your newborn you sort of end up buying a lot of things and with smaller spaces space crunches you know you often buy a lot of thing but it gets overwhelming and half the things just not get used it gets wasted and this is a problem i saw commonly with a lot of people around me and therefore we developed a product called woomer which did the functionality of all when i say that a baby is just an ear old it really is just sleeping and feeding that's the only two task it does so uh, without over complicating the whole matter it sort of was a brilliant bed for the baby and it made uh, the life of parents very very functional very very easy and uh, very comfortable for both yes thank you um so when we're looking at uh, product based business versus service based businesses um i think there's a lot of differences of course there's some things that everyone needs to go through you need to think about uh uh maybe a minimum viable product even in a service based business you have to think about okay what can i create that might be interesting to test it with the market to see maybe even testing for pricing um things like that you might uh, try some free things first before you um then go into creating something that people pay for um as a service based business though you can start pretty much immediately once you have the knowledge or uh, the idea what you want to sell you can you can start immediately you're not really depending most of the time on other um suppliers on other people even in the team you can just kick off so for me for example okay um working with startups and small businesses 
I can really just uh, put up maybe a website and uh, start contacting people and say, okay, here I am. I can, I can offer this kind of service. I can work with universities. I can do this. I can work individually. Um, of course, I need to think about my pricing. Of course, I need to maybe think about my product chain and also then think about how can I um, sell this in different ways, even in books or in online courses, instead of just one-to-one -to, -one to make it scalable. Um, but it, I think it's very, very different from having a product-based business. And I think a lot of people, including myself, I have to say, shy away from uh, creating a product, um, a physical product that needs to be produced um, because of all the challenges that come with it. And it's what I would be interested in, in hearing a bit more about the journey um, in general. If you want to create, develop an actual product that you're selling, um, yeah, what are the steps to go through? What kind of challenges do you have and so on? So tell me a bit more about that maybe. I completely agree with you and you, one couldn't put it better. And that is true. A lot of people who are extremely entrepreneurial in nature, very up and about, also start, shy away from getting into product-based business. And that is because, uh, you know, it requires a lot of patience and it requires, uh, and the pace is, because the pace is really, really slow. Uh, so I think uh, when it comes to a product-based business, uh, there are certain steps you have to follow is we, I mean, even in a product-based business, you have to go in for an A-B testing like you do in a service-based business or say an app something uh, or something like that. But the, the platform is much higher. The involvement of cost is much higher. And the, the study of time duration in which you study the testing is really, you know, it has to be longer. Um, so uh, that is how, just to add on how the two of them are different. Um, having said that, if somebody still wants to venture into a product-based business, uh, it's a brilliant place to be in. And there are some set protocols, I think, now from my experience of having worked on it for three years, uh, I think is to be followed is definitely uh, do your study and your research. A well-researched in you know, marketplace is highly imperative because uh, even if you see the need and even if you know there is a need of it, you still have to dig deep because once you launch a product, uh, it's it's uh, you you can't go wrong with it because again as there's a lot of gestation period and there's a lot of time involvement and money involvement so well researched a great knowledge of your industry and your market and your target market is imperative um, having said that a financial backing is important. Uh, when I started, and that's what I learned on the job, and I didn't have anybody to sort of pinpoint this to me, uh, is that, uh, you know, I had an ex-calculation about bringing up the product. But when you actually start, there are so many other factors which you don't sort of, uh, sort of, you know, put into when you're calculating because you've not seen them ever. So once you are stepping into a product-based business, it's always better uh, to have nearly the dumbbell amount what you think is the right amount in your mind because there are a lot of factors which come into play and also because sometimes uh, you know uh, the process of it takes much longer uh, i think thirdly uh, uh, so so we've talked about having a research we've talked about having the financial backup i think it is also a good idea if you can find a co-founder uh, it always helps 
even if you are doing a product based business by yourself funding it yourself and especially if you want to go and get it funded from somebody an investor who generally shies away from getting into a product based business i mean actually 70% of the investors do not want to get into an investment or product based business would still be more receptive to it if you have a co-founder to it so i think that is something which is extremely important um and then the last i'd say is selection of your vendors make sure your vendors are very very well selected they exactly understand what you're saying and just to cut your cost don't go ahead with a vendor who's not uh, quality conscious or is not competent enough or is you know because um it's a product and you can't blunder with it one manufacturing defect can really uh, bring it down in the initial years so just make sure your vendor selection is brilliant uh, over and above all the other things you're going to be doing by yourself let me ask a bit more on that so uh, yes process takes longer like you said um, because there's just certain steps to do research uh, it's yeah I, i can agree it might be even the biggest one um looking into um how you can also protect maybe an idea um especially if you have a product if it if it is protectable patentable as you say for example um or is it uh, some some um designs that can be protected or um yeah if and i think the protection of the idea itself um it's for this it's already necessary to do all the research if there's something out there already but then once you know okay i can protect this idea this already also takes a long time because i Correct. i know that um you you protected your idea as well um yeah. well, how long did it i mean <laughs> apart from the finances that are involved in that um which everyone who wants to get a patent oh it uh, takes years it takes yes. years it takes years so exactly. if you know you're good but you can't wait for it to sort of uh, lo- i mean you can't wait to launch till you get the patent so it's uh, you get something like a provisional patent uh so it's still good to launch but it takes years so the, the moment you know you are the only one who's doing it and it's worth a uh, sort of protecting just go ahead it's an investment yes i i i agree because uh like you said it it really takes years and a lot of money but it might be really worth it uh, but it shouldn't stop you from from launching or testing or creating a minimum viable product because um like sakshi explained you get bas- basically a provisional patent so it is from the moment you submit it you can protect it it's basically protected and then you need to think about okay where in which countries do you protect it is it worldwide is it just in your country so these are things you have to think about when you have a service based business you don't have this <laughs> what you might have is a trademark for example for um specific words that you're using a specific name for a program that you develop um, maybe for a logo that you created um but even there you need to do your research and you need to know okay is it actually worth it because what um i don't know how it works with patents but basically you have to pay to file your trademark and uh, if it's not uh, possible to to get a trademark for it your money is lost it's obviously not a lot of money it's a few hundred but uh, still the money is lost there's um there's no way you get the money back once you click the submit button basically um same thing with the patent ah okay <laughs> so even more um more important to do the research if you have such a big amount of money and time 
that you invest into a product, but it might be all worth it, like, uh, like we said. Um, so what about the uh, selection of vendors, if we look at that kind of stuff? Uh, and this is, I think, one of the main things why people shy away because all the rest, okay, you can, you can maybe deal with it and it's step by step, but um, finding the right vendors can be difficult apart from, of course, at the moment we live in very difficult times where it's even more difficult to travel maybe to, to a different country to check out a vendor, um, to talk to them, to see the conditions they uh, have for the workers um, because probably people also want to uh, make sure it's, of course, affordable, but also um, qualitative and um, the working environment might be uh, something that people want to look at for their product uh, product so now with covid it's obviously very difficult to just fly somewhere and check out a vendor apart from them have closed down maybe also for the time and are not even allowed to open um, but if we put all of this aside um, how difficult is it to find <laughs> the the vendor and then also how many vendors do you actually or suppliers in this case also do you need to create your product because maybe one uh, is doing this part another one is doing that part and then you have to find them all and they all have to work together you somehow have to um communicate for them i don't know yeah yeah it happens anything? that way yeah <laughs> oh it's it's a tiring process and it's a cumbersome process uh, because um so i'd i'd put it this way it's it's i'd say it's still fairly easy to find vendors uh, rest it depends on the kind of product you have because you know everybody these days lists themselves on the google and on portals and you can just go to alibaba.com or google.com and various portals you know put in your uh, requirements and there's a huge list of vendors with so um, hunting down a huge list uh, isn't difficult you know in times before that people had to call people and ask do you know someone you know who does this because there was no google at that point in time but having said that uh, the flip side is you have uh, as much more alternatives and uh, it's further more confusing because they have very competitive prices uh, and you know on the google everybody shows as if uh, you know they might really have a very very small so i have had this experience where uh, i went and visited somebody from the look of it it sounded like the guy is really professional has done it so many times and you know has a reasonably good setup uh, but when i visited the 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 guy he was in a very very small area in a one room sort of thing and really he really had no 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 backup no bandwidth to do it so uh, so vendor selection uh, Vendor finding is not difficult when the selection definitely is. Uh, I'll just take the example of my product because then people can relate to it. In my case, it was a baby product. So I was very, very particular about the quality and about, you know, there can't be even one stitch which isn't done well. Uh, so I was very conscious about the quality and uh, the finishing and also the hygiene of the place. And uh, first I spent... I think months and months to hunt down somebody in India because it could have been more cost effective because I didn't have to pay import duties. But eventually I traveled to China and I had to do it over three trips. 
at uh, different places because I'd go, I'll visit the vendor, I'll explain them my requirements. We do a set of samples and then they'll come back with a quote and either that quote was too high or his finishing was not good enough. And this is a process when you say a prototyping can take a really long time, you know. Um, and uh, I think I spent about an year to find the right vendor who again was in China, but a brilliant vendor. And as you very rightly put it, I was actually going to get uh, a part of it done in India because I thought in India, I found a guy who was more competent in it and then sort of assemble both of them together. And for that reason, I had to make a change to my design so that I could get these two parts done at two different places just because both of them were brilliant at their respective jobs and then assemble them together. So vendor selection uh, is a long process. Yes, I can imagine in one year. And this is uh, maybe also where it comes in to have a co-founder because um, I can imagine that the motivation really goes down um, when you when things happen. Um, maybe your co-founder has different competencies. Maybe they can support with uh, obviously making appointments, looking at things and um, also recommending and uh, looking in their network. So what about the co-founder side? What are the other points? Um, why do you think when you have a product-based business, it's really, really important to have a co-founder? Because eventually a product-based business, you have to do a lot of things together. It is not sitting on the desk and, you know, sort of A-B testing a, a, a app or, you know, sort of amalgamating with people over Zoom and getting something done. There's a lot of running around and there are a lot of things which keep happening every single moment. So if for that reason, it's always best to have somebody who's equally, um, you know, uh, who equally understands a product and can take certain calls because you're only a person and you can't be everywhere. Uh, I think the second reason is because... Uh, even if it is only your idea, for example, this was my idea. I didn't you know, have a friend with whom when I was, you know, generally entrepreneurship stories, you'd read as if two friends were sitting and they were discussing and some idea cropped up and they started working together. So if you have that, that's brilliant because you already have a person who is as passionate and is there from the very beginning. But if not, like in my case, it's idealistic to still have another person because, um, you may be passionate about a certain thing, but you may not be perfect at bringing it up from all angles, financials, marketing, vendor selections, operations, team management. As we're talking about, say, maybe there are a lot of legal stuff involved, patent things, trademarks. And uh, it's not only about exhausting yourself, but it is also about, as they say, and they teach us in management, the right delegation and the smarter work. So I think having a co-founder, and I'm not saying a team, you can all, you will need a team for sure, but having a co-founder who's equally passionate or develops that passion over the period of time while working with you um, will be it's like they say one plus one is always better uh, and you can accelerate your growth rather than doing everything all by yourself and I think uh, one last thing I want to add here is even and specifically if you're looking for investment outside an investor uh, will look at it only if there are co-founders because they are more uh, confident of 
the uh, you know business working for the same factors as we discussed because they think if there are two people the benefit or, or, or the the input put in will all will be double and therefore the output and the possibility of success rate would be double so yeah yes. for those reasons i think very very good point especially with investment and you mentioned at the beginning that uh, financial backing is very important um obviously has to do with all the costs involved in um, prototyping and patent maybe and so on. And that leads me uh, nicely into the financial backing that you mentioned at the beginning, actually. I have a question as well, because I know what I would suggest maybe for people, but when you start looking and talking to vendors, when you start prototyping, when you actually start spending money on things, would you say, um, it's a good idea to actually register the company already so that the liability lies with the company rather yeah, than yourself. Yeah, definitely. Yes. <laughs> De definitely, definitely. <laughs> Even if you're a sole proprietor and you are sure about your product and you aim to grow and specifically internationally or in different boundaries. And definitely if you have a co-founder, it is imperative. It's not only advisable, I'd say it's imperative to have your company registered, to have a company name, to make sure all things are done from that. Uh, because there are a lot of complications, there are a lot of things which keep coming up and one has to be mindful of it from the very beginning. Um, so I think if you're sure, um, you should register a company or even if you're sure that you maybe are starting off, but you're looking for other people and you're looking for investment and you're going to be looking for a co-founder. It's, it's, it's better to register a company from the very get go. Uh, unless you're doing something on a very small scale for the beginning of the years and trying something out, even if it's a product, there's a separate story. Maybe you're, you know, crafting something and selling across a physical product. It's a separate story altogether. But if it's a little larger, it's definitely best to have a company in place. I can, uh, I can imagine this would be also my advice because, uh, yeah, you don't want to uh, risk uh, your personal uh, money if there is any or you, you go into so much debt uh, that you can't get out of it. So I think uh, largely we've covered all aspects of how money is important and how vendors is important and how uh, seeing your target is important. I think the only thing I'll want to add is that uh, having the right people to work along with you, it's only natural when you're developing a product, you need a team of people to work with you. And specifically when you're starting off and there are so much happening, it's best to be communicative to your team. So when you have people coming in, sometimes, you know, people come with this very, very, high expectation that you're going to start up and the product is brilliant and it's getting patented and you know uh, but because the pace could be either too much it's either too much suddenly or it's slower than what everybody expects there could be and that often is a little discomfort with the over or under expectations depends on how, how they've come in the company or in the team so it's always best to be communicative so in case things are not pacing up at the level you guys sort of uh, you know go had a goal about it's all right it's it there are a lot of external circumstances which play into factor and it's always good to tell the team uh, even if you don't want to get into details mention about things so that they know how things are happening and they don't feel they're in the dark uh, because uh, they risk a lot after coming to a new company unless it's established brand and it's just an offshoot of that brand and therefore it'll just keep them more um, you know, in a tune with what's happening and they'll also feel equally passionate about it. So I think communication in a team, specifically products, specifically with startups, uh, takes you a long way. 
these were uh, great <laughs> final words for this episode and I can't wait to talk to you in the next one. Thank you so much for your time, everyone. Stay tuned. In the next one, we're talking a bit more about emotional challenges. So these were a lot of business challenges when you have a product-based business, but what about all the rest that is also equally important? Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Christine. Thank you so much for having me on here. Uh, over. Thank you, guys. That was it. Thanks for tuning in. And just to let you know, there's a free 30-day Kickstart Your Business Challenge available on my website, creativestartupacademy.com slash kickstart. And it turns your business idea into reality in just 30 days. And if you could leave a review for this podcast, please, please, please do so, because it will help me with my ranking. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye.